Boys and girls, welcome back to another edition of Franchise Buys Games, the second best gaming news podcast on the planet at this point uncontested. I am titular protagonist, old franchise. That right there is producer of the show, Mr. Nice Guy Johnny. He's a slippery devil. He's a slippery devil. Uh, uh, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to have a change of pace this week. So, obviously, given that we are currently situated betwixt Christmas and NYE, that weird grey area where time doesn't really matter and you can't remember if you've washed or the last time you were sober, like that sort of weird window, we're smack bang in the middle of there where gaming news isn't really happening at all. So... We've took this opportunity, both myself and producer Nice Guy Johnny have agreed that this is the special episode that we've talked about uh, for too long now, and (laughs) we are going to do our game of the gen rolled, all rolled up nice into one tidy little package with game of the year 2020. So we have game of the gen and game of the year. We're going to do game of the year 2020 first then followed by Game of the Gen. Johnny, we have deliberated, deliberated, sir, over this shortlist for Game of the Gen, which is far longer than the Game of the Year list. So (laughs) we are going to box off Game of the Year 2020 first. And hopefully this one is rather swift uh, before we move into the actual meat of the discussion which is game of the gen yeah how best to do this johnny how best do we uh how best do we wade through these waters well i'll 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 how about i produce you through it shall i <laughs> you actually produce me through this right so in terms of game of the year 2020 okay yeah because we have straddled into current gen or next gen territory mm-hmm Okay, and yourself having a PlayStation Five and being able to play some of those games, yeah, those next gen thirty, I can see your list being a little bit more expanded, yeah, than that. So yeah. in terms of let's say the games that were released for next gen, current gen, and I think there's only there's a very short small handful. Yes, yes, I count. Um, I don't know about you, but I counted for game of the year contender. I counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. So let, let let's in terms of is any of those seven next gen PlayStation Five games? Yes. Let's, let's discuss let's discuss those, bring those. What you what's your thoughts on those ones? Well, my short list for Game of the Year twenty twenty, and it is worth uh-huh. shouting out that the game that seems to be in the public eye a lot in Game of the Year contention is Hades. And I have not played Hades. And our franchise buys games, I know, I get it. It's been a weird old year, so you're going to have to forgive us for one slip in the net. So Hades is uh, conspicuous in its absence from my shortlist. Uh, my shortlist is as follows. Final Fantasy VII Remake, The Last of Us Part Two, mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Marvel's Avengers, Demon's Souls, and Miles Morales. That is my shortlist 
for game of the year. I will do. Obviously, I think what we're going to do is we we have a shortlist. I think Johnny, have you got anything you want to add to that shortlist? I don't because my shortlist is a lot shorter. It's come down to a bit, pretty much a slugfest between uh, Last of Us Part Two, yeah, and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Right. Two sides of very different coins. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but that that's what's come down to a one-on-one mano a mano match between those two. Right. Well, I if you've do you have a list of five for your game of the year? Obviously, we've got a list of top five for game of the gen. But because twenty twenty, it's been a weird year. We've had not many giant releases this year. I don't think. Mm. Um, I've gone through the games list twenty twenty, and there's not many that well. There's none that haven't made my shortlist. Mm. So I mean, the, Valhalla would be there as a number three. I can yeah. really enjoy playing that. Really yeah. enjoyed playing that, um, but it it would be a distant three compared to those two. The other two, I have right, to well, admit, because um, I've got the addition of PlayStation Five titles in my game of the year. I'll run down my number five and number four slot, and mm-hmm. then when we get to three, two, and one, then you can come in. Okay, that's it. Cool. So, game of the year twenty twenty, in at number five for all franchise, Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Um, I toyed with the idea of even putting this on the list because Miles Morales isn't a full game. Uh, however, what it achieves, technically, uh, the the amount of fun I had with Miles Morales in its, its rather short campaign that was a, a, a little bit bloated with uh, fetch quests after that just... Go to point A, go to point B, go to point C type shit for collectibles and whatnot. Uh, so Miles Morales comes in at number five. Number four, Ghost of Tsushima. I thought Ghost of Tsushima was a fucking outstanding title. Um, I, I, I One have, I still have to play. One I still have to play. I have so. not seen, still, even though I have a PlayStation 5 now, the load times on Ghost of Tsushima on PlayStation 4 Pro were comparable to that of any title I've played on PS5 so far. Mm-hmm. How Sucker Punch managed to pull that off is nothing short of a fucking miracle. I don't know where they hid the loading. I don't know <laughs> where the loading happened. I don't even know if that game loads. I don't know if it just <laughs> simply exists. It just is. It just is. Uh, and it absolutely comes in at number four. Uh, it was it was painful putting it at number four because the addition of the multiplayer, which I played on stream and I've played a couple of times since, off stream is a fucking superb mode. Uh, a brilliant game just made better. Uh, it looked amazing. It sounded amazing. And it was the Assassin's Creed Japan game that we've deserved for yeah. I, don't, I don't know how many years. With the addition of like the samurai who has this sort of ninja style assassinate. Oh, pardon me, Windy Wallops. A bit of I've got a bit of Elvis juice in my lungs, Johnny. The 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 ninja style assassinations added into the the game for an entirely different dynamic. So just a fucking superb superb game. So that is my number five and number four, Johnny. Coming in at number three, what have you got on your game of the year? Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Spit some hyperbole. Spit some hyperbole off. 
Oh, where to begin? I, you know what? It was compared to its its uh, counterpart, its its predecessor, Odyssey. Okay, yeah. I will argue that Od- Odyssey is a is a is a a bigger, a more truer RPG type element to that game. You know what I mean? Okay. It's vast. There's a lot of options and things like that. But you know, in terms of it being an Assassin's Creed game, you get lost in that some of that RPG elements. Yeah. With with Valhalla. It's just it brought the it toned down that and just made it a little bit more accessible. Yeah, you know what I mean. It thins it out a little bit in terms of what it's you know it's about, but it just made it that accessible and to dive in as you know is my first experience on a Series X. It was a, a joy to play, and I still am dabbling in and out again. I still am. There's a Dropping lot still to out. do on that game. A lot yeah. to do, but because of its accessibility, it allows that a bit more to drop in, drop out than Odyssey did. Very um, good, very good. And oh, the one thing is, you can go like because I, I live near the T's and you can go up to the T's and stuff like that. It brought it closer at home with yeah, it being yeah. in England, and that yeah. just, you know, got a bit more of a feel to that one. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, in at number three for me was Demon Souls PS5 Demon Souls. Uh, I have been a huge fan of Soulsborne games for a long time. I have never been any good at them. I've owned mm. all of them. I've never been any good at them. Uh, and I'd say up until probably Dark Souls 3. So maybe Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3 and Sekiro were the ones that really... They're the ones that I really got into. Not, not even so much Dark Souls 3. I didn't give that the time... That I gave Bloodborne and Sekiro, but Demon Souls being a remake of the very first Soulsborne that I've still got in the loft. I've got the special edition PlayStation Three Demon Souls in the loft, uh, and having played that then, when that first came out, and it was so different to everything else on the market, and playing it again now, I realise how little care and attention and time I actually gave the PlayStation 3. I probably bounced off the PlayStation 3 one far quicker than I should have because the difficulty spike was just, it seemed unnatural to me back then. Um, I haven't played all the other Souls games since and then sort of coming full circle back to this game. Uh, looking the way it does, playing the way it does, sounding the way it feeling the way it does, it's just a fucking masterpiece of a game and I got so lost so lost in um fucking and i can tell the mark of a good game for me is when outside of playing it i'm still consuming content and i spent more time than i care to admit on youtube trying to research the best build for a strength character or the best build for a magic character and then trying to plot my route through this game uh, to to to, a, to accomplish that, like for the best magic build, do world one one, then do world uh, four one, and then go back to do one two, all that kind of shit. And it was just a fucking brilliant, brilliant game. Like, and I thoroughly fucking enjoyed it. Um, hard to believe that it came out in the same year as my slot two and slot one for game of the year. Mm-hmm. It's just like I said, it's been a fucking weird old year. So Johnny. What comes in in, the, in in at number two for Nice Guy Johnny? What you got? At number two, it is uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. 
Final Fantasy VII Remake also comes in at number two for my game of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of, you're right, because of what it's next to, right? Like I said before, there's two, sign, two sides of two different, very different coins. Yeah. Okay. And what they deliver. I mean, Final Fantasy VII to me, it, there's no limit to the nostalgic niceness that that game gave me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was a, like, just awesome to, like, to rediscover Final Fantasy VII in in how it was being developed and made, and it's not perfect, you know. No. You know, you, you know, in terms of if you look beyond the edges of like, if you look in the periphery of the game, you see it's very thin and very matte. And I'm not talking about some of the the artwork behind some of the scenes, <laughs> <laughs> but but I am. But um, that's not what the game was about. You know what I mean? It's it's detail was in the like right in front of you. Yeah. We're not to the periphery, um, so if anything, that's why. No, but it wasn't about that, so that's why I'm, I can forgive it for that. Mm-hmm. What I what I really will give it its chops for is how it reimagined a lot of things yeah. and was actually, considering how nostalgic to fuck it is, it still took some brave risks with um, its change of direction and Massive. things like that and what it, what it did. You know what I mean? This essentially um, what it does to me, and we said this at the time. We said this. Several episodes while we were both playing through Final Fantasy VII Remake, this game felt like uh, it almost felt like a Final Fantasy VII multiverse. So you had mm-hmm. all of the key components there from the Final Fantasy VII you knew and had fallen in love with fucking back in the nineties, but it it's it just turned some of them on their head. Characters who hadn't had giant roles before all of a sudden became sort of pivotal plot devices. Um, characters who should have died are no longer dead. So it's like, what mm-hmm. does this do for the rest of the story? Because where do we go from here? This death was fairly key in the whole overarching plot of the whole game. Uh, so how do we go forward from there? What happens to the people we haven't yet seen? Are they going to come in? Do they exist in this Final Fantasy VII? It wasn't even a remake. It was a reimagining. Mm-hmm, definitely. Absolutely. It was a... And again, I, mean... I will say, I don't know I don't know how heavy uh, nostalgia plays into this. For, uh, particularly for us two, it will be interesting to hear sort of thoughts of, I don't know, maybe one of the listeners who didn't play Final Fantasy 7 OG uh, the first time round and played Remake and thought, you know, good game, but maybe not. Get, it doesn't go anywhere near me game of the year list. So I don't know. I don't know how how big a part nostalgia plays for us. I, I, yeah, I think it, it it does. You know what I mean? It is. You know, it, it it exists because of nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's so like you can't you can't deny that you can't you can't hide sweep that under the carpet. And no. you're right. Someone else might come along and say I didn't get this. Well, nostalgia plays a big part mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it rides that wave well, but not purely. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, is nice because it could have easily just went right. We're going to do this, and we're just going to do exactly the same same shot, thing. Shot for shot. But shiny. Yeah. But shinier. Yeah. Um. Whereas what the you hit the nail on the head there about um character developments and like thin characters who have had now been fleshed out completely mm-hmm. it, you know when i first heard of the episodic idea about it i was like uh i don't know how I'm, how keen i am with this but then what it's allowed them to do is effectively take disc one of the, of the og game yeah. and just fill fill that out yeah so it's not like so it's not like 
<laughs> two dimensional in some cases. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So that leads us to number one. Franchise buys games uh oh the Well it is, it's it's the overall winner now. There isn't gonna be two winners because I'm nope. assuming we both have the same game in at number one. So the franchise buys games game of the year 2020, if I'm not mistaken, nice guy Johnny, is The Last of Us Part 2. Can you confirm or deny, sir? It's Tulu 2. It's Tulu to you too. It is The Last of Us Part 2. Um, I think what you'll find is this game is Marmite, almost. It it. It's divisive in the community uh, because of the inclusion of Abby. And it's divisive for the wrong reasons. Yes, yes. Right. Uh, I, I don't I think know it, if the, the community as a whole was expecting more Ellie and Joel uh, and Naughty Dog fucking took a golf club to that idea and just <laughs> smashed its head in. And then brutal, brutal. moved off on in another direction altogether by introducing an, an entirely new... I mean, Abby was a protagonist and an antagonist at the same time. And I think what the... I will say this, I don't think The Last of Us Part 2 is as good as The Last of Us Part 1. However, I still think The Last of Us Part 2 is fucking brilliant. And I absolutely have no qualm at all given that game of the year it what it did by way of narratively taking me places that i absolutely didn't want to go and forced me it was it was either you live through this moment or you stop playing the game you Mm -hmm. have to do this i'm not giving you the option this is linear you are living through this or you are not finishing this game and it was living through some very fucking difficult moments, coming off The Last of Us being one of my favourite games of all time. Um, coming off that and having to do some of the things I did in that game, by the by the time The Last of Us Part 2 ended, I, I, I was Team Abby by, by the end of that game, yeah. which is not something I ever thought I would be. And I think that is a fucking masterclass in storytelling. 100% agree. I think it was brutally brave storytelling mm-hmm. and, and risk-taking because they knew it was going to divide a crowd. They knew what they were going to do. But when they sat down and storylined this, it was kind of like, what's best of the story to tell? You know what I mean? And what's the true story to tell if this was like honestly going on, right? Because no one's perfect in this world. Nah. Right? No character is just 100% squeaky clean. Yeah. Okay. And, they, and and to diverge, this is why some people hate The Last Jedi, because, you know what I mean, their, their visions of the character were so kind of, well, this is this is what I understand it to be. Uh-huh. Which is fine. You know, you, you're allowed those kind of things, but no. You write the thing, you write the film then, you write something else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, in terms of, and like the way the game plays by like showing you one side of it and then, Saying, "All right, you're right. Now, just just from a, you know, you know, I've seen documentaries which are more by, like, completely more biased. You know, and they're yeah. supposed to be truth telling. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to guide you through this character, just to show you, you know, the 
the the, the interest and the kind of yeah the things going on in this head mm. and 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 just for, and force you to go through it you know what i mean right you if that's the consequences this is it yeah and i, and I think you know I, I don't think another game has come close in that kind of storytelling in terms of the discomfort you play when playing the game i've never felt more uncomfortable felt so playing a game yeah. like that i yes yeah you know what i mean while while still being engaged you know what i mean in certain game, for games definitely that made me feel uncomfortable at the point of how oh, this is just not it but this is like i'm hooked i need i need to know where this goes but i'm i'm i didn't press the x button yeah <laughs> yeah no 100 percent agree 100 percent agree so and i will never play that game again <laughs> the, it is the thing you absolutely will, just not in the context that you assume, because we were promised a Last of Us 2 multiplayer component, mm-hmm. which wouldn't come with launch, which we are still waiting for. And when that multiplayer component comes out, you better fucking believe you're playing The Last of Us Part 2 again, Johnny. Okay. So In that context, yes. So. <laughs> the, so fucking JJ's like JJ's round of applause to Naughty Dog everybody at Naughty Dog uh, for the Last of Us Part Two. What a fucking absolute roller coaster of a game uh, you are! The most heralded award in the video game industry. The, an award so heralded it can't physically exist because it would destroy itself under its own weight. You have the virtual trophy. From Franchise Buys Games, Game of the Year. Well done, The Last of Us Part 2. Well done. Well bravo, done. bravo, 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 bravo. That being said, Johnny, we are going to move. I tell you what, in honour of The Last of Us Part 2 and all of the absolute filthy hyperbole off we just spat for every single one of them games there, <laughs> it's time for some hyperbole off. Let's play hyperbole off. That's a little bit of hyperbole off, just in a, in honour of those games that we just spoke about there. Uh, and if you think that was bad, holy fuck, we're about to get into Game of the Gen. <laughs> so, fucking <laughs> strapping, <laughs> strapping. So, Johnny, there's a lot of caveats that we need to mention here. Uh, yeah. I think honourable yeah. mentions is the first one. So, we have games that either didn't make the shortlist but still need an honourable mention because of what they brought to the industry or they were games that straddled generations so we can't we can't by rights give it an award for game of the gen because it came out on the generation prior it came out either on PS3 or Xbox 360 uh, we'll go through those titles now. So the honourable mentions list so far is GTA 5. Um, GTA 5, obviously an absolute fucking world beater. A bit behemoth. Still set, still in the fucking NPD top, tells, top 10 sellers every fucking month. And it's like, who doesn't own several copies of this game? Up to exactly. Now? <laughs> exactly. And it... <laughs> GTA Online, which was uh, a direct, so I don't want to call it a spin-off because it was a part of GTA Five. Uh, continues to be an absolute fucking killer in the online space. 
Um, so yeah, GTA 5 absolutely gets an honourable mention. Uh, Johnny, you wanted Assassin's Creed Black Flag in there? Yeah, Assassin's Creed Pirates of the Caribbean. As, as I like Assassin's Creed Pirates of the Caribbean, and I, I totally confer that... Uh, I, I don't know if I'm using the word confer correctly there. I'm confer. Concur. You concur, I sir. Several, Stat. You concur, stat. <laughs> I am several beers in at this point, so you're going to have to just bear with us if these little fucking word farts yeah. come out. Yeah. Technically, this was released um, October before PS4 came out in November. Um, however, it was one of the launch titles that I got mine with, and it was just, you know, it, it steered in, you know what I mean? And I, I just remember playing that game, not as an Assassin's Creed game, but as a Pirates of the Caribbean game. Yeah, 100%. Um, and let us, I mean, we have to acknowledge that the success of Odyssey and the 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 sailing that was in Odyssey, the excellent fucking uh, naval combat in Odyssey, was only possible because of Black Flag. Yep. Uh, Black what Black Flag did for the pirate ship element of that game was fucking superb. So I agree. Black Flag absolutely gets an honourable mention because it, in some, in some form, despite the fact that we had several Assassin's Creeds after Black Flag. Before we got the Assassin's Creed soft reboot, uh-huh. uh, Black Flag is responsible in no yeah, small part it. for the success of the later, of the soft reboot of Assassin's Creed. Uh, another game we have in the honourable mentions is obviously Fortnite. Fortnite is the game that just won't fucking quit. It is a game as service that came out on the generation. Well, did, did it? I mean... I don't recall Fortnite ever being on uh, an Xbox 360, but Fortnite has been on that many devices, I couldn't honestly tell you, which is why it's ended up in the honourable mentions. And also, Mm -hmm. when it launched, it wasn't the Battle Royale that it is famed for today. Uh, So I want to give that an honourable mention for being just continuing to show what a game of service should be. Despite the fact that it may have appeared to have fallen off uh, in public eye, that was never the case. It never fell off. It's always been huge. It just people stopped talking about it as much. It was. It never went anywhere. Uh, and there's an honourable mention here, Johnny, for Shadow of Mordor slash Shadow of War. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, is it arguably this could be like in the the runners up for the game of the gen i mean there's, there's probably a lot of a lot of other titles in the actual shortlist that, that could end up being honorable mentions as well but yeah, i just yeah. thought i mean i don't in terms it was a great game to play mm-hmm. fun uh, it, it's just things it brought like the nemesis system which has 100%. obviously been adopt, adopted by other titles in yeah. some fashion yeah you know what the i mean nemesis and, system and that, is, it's one of them things that was a game changer yeah it was like uh Left trigger ADS, right trigger shoot. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> back, back in Halo 2, we didn't have that. No. Like, so when Call of Duty brought left trigger ADS, right trigger shoot, that changed the game for everybody. Every fucker had that. The Nemesis system was so good, uh, it was employed in, in other games across across the industry. So I do, I, I agree there. I agree there. For the Nemesis system, it absolutely deserves yeah. an honourable. Because I think if you if you take that away from Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, yeah. you, you lose an entire core component of what the game is. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Hundred so. percent. Without that, it um, it's it's just an op. It's just a Lord of the Rings. It's, just, it's hack and slash. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, it's a RPG light um, hacker hack and slash. Yeah. Right. Shall we? Shall we get into how, this? How do we do this then? Do we just pick out some some of our runners ups from this? So I think what we'll do. Is we'll do our top five game of the gen, uh-huh. and then we'll go through and see the, what the runner-ups were. Because I don't want to go through and list out all of the games in the shortlist, knowing that five of those, or potentially ten, if we pick ten different games all together, which I doubt. But there's 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 going to be at least six or seven games here, I think. Uh, and yeah. then we'll go through and we'll we'll touch on some of the other runners-up. If you like, so and what I will say, we've we've picked these games of how we feel like you know, there's a lot of things going on. Obviously, how they feel to us, how we feel they've kind of the impact they've made. Yeah, and and by the way, uh, folks, um, we're trying to be as definitive of you as, as we can because we don't want to sit on the fence, you know, because we don't we don't think you deserve that. No, but it's meant to bring discussion. So, but by you know, it's by no means a hundred percent definitive. No, the important thing is the discussion it entails. So. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better, mate. Couldn't have said it better. This list, and you said, before we went live on this podcast, just before we hit the button, you literally said, you know, I could wake up tomorrow and this list would be entirely different. Yep. That's how that's how impactful some of these games were. That's how fucking exceptional some of these games were, that on any given day, they could have been in the conversation for Game Over Generation. But today, looking at the shortlist for as long as we've looked at it, because the shortlist was, we started to build it when we first discussed this. So it's we're in it. We're in it now. As of today, these decisions were locked in. We've had a few weeks to toy and move things about. But I can say with certainty, the only one that hasn't moved is my number one slot for Game of the Gen. That has sat likewise, there. Likewise, I yeah, think. Yeah. Since since we started this discussion, that has sat atop that list. So, Johnny, nice guy, Johnny. What have you got sitting at number five for your game of a generation? Xbox, so, so- Xbox One slash PS4 slash Nintendo Switch, which is also a weird one because that's technically still going. But anyway, what is your number five game? My number five game coming in is Wild West Auto 2. Sorry, Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2. Spit. Spit some bars. Well, you know, I don't think the, the uh, uh, Rockstar came out wanting to make a Wild West cowboy simulator. Mm-hmm. But they came dangerously close <laughs> to creating one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if anything, that's why it drops it down the list a bit. But in terms of the, the sheer world and detail and what you can do on that game, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, you know, and tonally completely different to like, you, you put on, you can see it's definitely a Rockstar game, you know, comparing it to GTA Five, but tonally completely different. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like to give them like, from, from like, you know, it's dramatic chops and stuff like that. You know, the, the story, the journey you go on, you know, considering this is a prequel to Red Dead Redemption, yeah. As well, the journey you go on, knowing certain things and stuff, is just you know, 
and, and like it, I've never I've never played an epilogue like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, just I, if anything, it just it borderline being too much of a kind of sim yeah. and detailed, and it yeah. just it sque- it eked that bit of fun out of it a little bit towards the end. No, I get you. I get um, you. With, all, with the multitude of like peripheral stuff you could do, mm-hmm. um, but just a, a joy to play. Um, I played. I did. Obviously, I did not um, platinum it, but I played a hell of a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. And devoted a lot of time to it. And you know, um, yeah, it's my number number five game of the year. I think it's an incredible game, and let's not forget about it. It is an absolute uh, achievement. Uh, I agree with everything you've said. It, uh, it it was a sim for me. It was a sim. The fact that it it didn't hold your hand at all. It it knew what it wanted to be, and it didn't deviate from that path. Like if you wanted to get to the other end of the map, you better fucking buckled in, and just get mm-hmm. ready for a twenty minute horse ride, where yeah. you may see you, there's a very good chance you wouldn't see another fucking soul. And they didn't. They made no apologies for it, and I thought that was fucking brilliant. Like absolutely brilliant. I, I it didn't make my number five slot. Put it that way. But I, uh, yeah, I I agree with everything you've just said on on Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. There, there. there was so much to discover, and there's probably so much more to discover, and that that is the pitfall now with modern huge games. Mm-hmm. Is there's so many things in there. That you don't get to see unless you do it, unless you know where to look, yeah. or you, you've got the time to look everywhere, or you are just giving yourself on entirely to one game. Yes, exactly, yeah. and 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 that that's the that's the pitfall of modern large games. Yeah. So. In at number five for old franchise, Resident Evil Two Remake. Ooh, interessante. Um, I thought the Resident Evil 2 remake uh, was fucking superb. I was a, a, a well, I am a huge Resident Evil fan. Uh, Resident Evil, I've got fond, fond memories of Resident Evil 2. Um, anyway, uh, going all the way back to when that game came out, and me and Johnny were both playing it. Uh, I've got memories of. We were in the street and people were playing like football or cannonball or some street game, and me and Johnny had managed to. It was at Johnny's house. We got a power supply outside. We set up the television outside, the PlayStation outside. We built a makeshift sort of uh, funnel over the television that you could pull over your head because it was the sun was cracking the pavements this day. Yet. We were outside, still playing <laughs> Resident Evil Two, sitting on Johnny's drive with like a sheet draped over a television, and then over the back, over our heads, and we were in this little makeshift fucking tent that was becoming. I mean, it was already probably about eighteen degrees outside, and then we created a fucking hot box because CRT <laughs> CRT televisions, them fuckers kicked off some heat. By the way, the boys uh, and hot box. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've always been a massive Resident Evil fan. I've got fond memories of, of Resident Evil Two as it is, um, and then to see it looking that good, uh, to see what the RE engine is capable of. Uh, I mean, I mean, we knew the RE engine was good, 
because we saw mm-hmm. it in Resident Evil 7. But the RE engine in third person, oh, just playing it with like fucking HDR and like, it was genuinely terrifying. And just the level of detail, like shotgunning a zombie in half, shooting him in the stomach and seeing his body just tear apart. And like he he just keeps coming for you, dragging his bowels behind him. Like the level of detail they put into it, just the little subtleties like that. Uh, it was just fucking superb. It was absolutely well, superb. Yeah, I mean, as if, spoilers, it's my number four. <laughs> oh <laughs> so. shit, son! Well, that being said, Johnny, keep going. Your number four is Resident Evil Two Remake. Carry Again, on. Again, like like before, you know, you know. Like we were discussing with Final Fantasy VII, that was a reimagining of the core stuff. Yeah. I, I again, I think this is you know it it demands you know, it, that it is a remake, and it, they've just managed to just just color up every little detail of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just nigh on perfect what they've managed to do yeah. in terms of you, you visit the scenes that you saw before and you're uh, like I'm I'm instantly familiar. Uh huh. And and then you're not a second later. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like. No, this is this is it is the same, but it's not. What the fuck, you know? Where and then you spend I? the next two next two minutes running around, thinking the lick is there. No, it's there. It's not going to be there. And then it comes out of completely nowhere later yeah. on. Fucking so brilliant. it's just absolutely just fucking re- brilliant. Yeah, and then the way to reincorporate Mister X, like it was friggin' terrifying in the first yeah. one. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you make that even more terrifying? And yeah. just like. That was it. Have you know, a it, constantly just the ever-present threat throughout exactly. pretty much the bulk of the game. Exactly. If you James. want to make a game like this, uh, you've got to include Jeopardy. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, yeah. and and Jeopardy when you know, so you never really feel safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even even that bit with like in the the main hall where you you used to well, there's a typewriter there and a safe box. I'm fine, and you don't you're not safe. No. <laughs> no. So, no. No. You are um, not. You are not. And you, you talked about this, and they've, they've hit a nail on the head here. What Capcom were doing in terms of, obviously, they had the the new direction with uh, Resident Evil Seven, mm-hmm. being first person, and and like that's quite a, that's quite a uh, on point, you know, shift. You know, not pe- a lot of people are going to like that, mm-hmm. but bringing back the remake, so you know, it hits the nostalgia tone. People can experience the same thing. Yeah. You know, like you know, either the same level of quality, but from an old. All the all the game, you know what I mean. So, yeah. uh, it, it it very very good. Unfortunately, I don't think three hit the same lofty heights, and that that's a sour point. But um, two was brilliant. Three was still very good. Uh, I, I I played through three. It was very good. It was very short, but it was very good. I didn't touch the multiplayer, which I thought they could have made more of, and I maybe would have tried it. But like Resident Evil Three didn't hit the heady heights of Resident Evil 2. And I don't know why, I don't know if it was a timing issue, because it should have. It really should have. Mm-hmm. Even in my mind, I know it should have. But at the same time, I also know it didn't. And I I don't know why. It still looked fucking spectacular. It still played very well. Uh, and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because it was the game that's... It was sort of the start it was the it was the precursor to resident evil 5's sort of drastic shift from horror into action action yeah that's what i was and saying i, I, I don't mean, know if resident evil 3 was the that was the 
the stepping off point. Resident mm-hmm. Evil 4 was like fucking superb. Absolutely yeah. superb. Um, but I think Resident Evil 3 was the first stepping off point for action. Yes, Jill, I, bl- I think Jill Valentine in that uh, sort of a less vulnerable, more fucking badass like that type role. That was I don't know. I don't know if that was the thing that did it. Alas, Resident Evil Three did not make the game of the uh, game of the journalist. <laughs> so your number four was Resident Evil Two remake. In at number four, for me, was a Final Fantasy VII remake. Ooh. Uh, yeah, well, I've I think I've discussed Final Fantasy VII remake in in no small amount over the the course of this podcast and also in the game of the year discussion. So I won't I won't hark on Final Fantasy VII remake because I've already done it moments ago. I've already done it, but uh, I'll just echo the fact that Final Fantasy VII Remake was fucking everything to me. I was a huge... OG Final Fantasy VII is still in my top three games of all time uh, because of what that game meant for me, what that game did to me. Uh, Point to the doll where it touched you. No, it it just... Final Fantasy VII Remake was my life. And that isn't... Hyperbolof! Let's play Hyperbolo. It was my life when the OG game came out. I knew everything about it. I would I would read when I wasn't playing the game, I would go to bed reading the fucking strategy guide. Which I still <laughs> I still have that strategy guide. <laughs> the original Final Fantasy VII strategy guide, I've still got it. Uh so Final Fantasy VII Remake was fucking exceptional and it's, it comes in at number four for me. On my game of the generation. Johnny, what you got in that number three? Number three is The Witcher 3. Oh shit, son. The Witcher 3 is also my number three spot. <laughs> right, folks at home, we didn't we didn't confer on oh, this list. We had that's... the same short list, but we did not confer on our top five. Mm-mm. And now I'm, I'm almost thinking, holy fuck, <laughs> are we going to yeah. be the same on one, two, and three here? Uh... Fucking hell. Go for it, go for it, Witcher 3. Witcher 3, again, just like, you know, obviously it's the culmination of Witcher 1, Witcher 2, which Witcher 2, I think, is a, is a brilliant game. The really, Witcher 2 was the really Assassin of Kings? If, is yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, brilliant which, game. You know, linear type game, but brought in this interweaving kind of choice paths that had consequence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which was which was nice, and then Witcher 3 to kind of steer, steer that back into an open world kind of post Skyrim and I think you know mm-hmm. Skyrim has a lot of a lot of um credit to be given to allowing the Witcher 3 to be what it is. Yeah. I think and, and Oblivion as well, you know the Elder Scrolls games. Mm-hmm. Um but Witcher 3 managed to take that narrative and then just it was it was the pinnacle really culmination of what had come before it. Yeah. And um I, again I just phenomenally huge game of so much stuff to do. Uh-huh. Can you actually do everything? <laughs> um, but it's sheer replay value is why it's on there as well because it's yeah. such a joy to jump back in and play again and just rediscover stuff and discover new stuff. 
Do you know what yeah. The Witcher 3 did very well for me? What I don't think any other game has done since, despite many games have tried it. The Witcher 3 introduced, like, I mean, the world of The Witcher existed anyway. CD Projekt Red can't be credited for creating the world of The Witcher. Like, fucking, it, it, the source material which they drew from, Andrej, somebody or other, produced, uh, created The Witcher, the world of The Witcher. But, in in that world, the the Witcher is a profession, and despite yeah. the fact that you have this campaign and you've got all these fucking side missions, some of which are aimed towards your profession of being a Witcher, you could walk into any town, and there's a board, and there's like there's Witcher contracts specifically there meant for a Witcher to pick up because there's a there's somebody's farms being fucking terrorized or there's a fucking village where there's a ghost. Fucking like a, a spectre has killed everybody or driven it, drove everybody out, and they need a witcher. And the care and attention in uh, almost every single side mission slash witcher contract just was next level, absolutely Agreed. next level. I mean, it could easily have been just a, a just a, a long list of fetcher quests, which yeah. if you strip them down to the bones, they are. Mm-hmm. But the flesh put on them, so you care about each one, every monster contract, every this and that, and cool. Hundred percent. It, it just it just make it get, it adds that immersion to it. Yeah. Which yeah. just just ele- elevates it, you know, compared to some other. You know, we all know what it's like when you get stuck on fetch quests. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was just, and I think I think the source material has a lot to to be credited for that uh, because. The source material was so, so well written, and the universe so well crafted. It was easy to build these enjoyable, uh, emotional, fucking experiences on top of, like you say, a very simple fetch a quest, go and get mm-hmm. X and Y, and bring them back to A and B. But the fucking shit around it, just next level, absolutely next and I, level. And I think for for an open like world sandbox where you've got core missions and side missions and yeah. we've talked about this in other games um that when the side missions just completely cut up against like your reason for doing the main missions and like mm-hmm. well in a real world i'd obviously forge ahead and do the main missions because that's what the character would do yeah you know or that that that's the choice put put to me whereas in the witcher because all the character development and everything stitched together is that it never felt a drop off by doing these side things compared to the main things you know yeah. what I mean? It was comfortable to do whichever, and that and that's really, really quite a fine balance to do. So I was, that's why it's uh, number three on my list. Yeah, because as an open world game RPG type of thing, it it manages to stay very coherent. Yeah, you know, it's fucking hard, and oh, it's not I... without its issues. You know what I mean? And like its learning curve, and like devoting some time to actually, you know. In its in my third playthrough, for example, I actually found out what I was doing wrong in my first two. <laughs> That's the thing as but, well. Um, um, I, I just to step in on that point, I, I don't know how many playthroughs I have. Well, at least I don't know how many starts I've given The Witcher Three at this point. Mm-hmm. Not full playthroughs, but I don't know how many starts. I've done many more starts than I have full playthroughs, but every single time, I've got better. And again, I want to just swing this round to what's happening in, in current times uh, with Cyberpunk 2077. When The Witcher 3 launched, that shit was a mess. 
That shit was a mess. That did not handle well at all. Uh, this is a game which had its entire movement mechanic overhauled within six months. So, the fact that I'm giving it number three on my game of the generation, I'm, I'm just this is more to the point of like why I think there's dog piling on on Cyberpunk right now. I think if we yeah, give Cyberpunk think... six months, then let's see what that looks like because The Witcher Three was in a state when it launched, and now. Yeah. I could quite happily boot up the Xbox and jump into a... I started a playthrough of The Witcher 3 not too long ago. I could quite comfortably jump back in there. Uh, and after a couple of minutes, I'd be I'd be back up to speed. I think the the combat, I need, to, I'd need, I need to maybe get my eye in on that. But the combat, like the combat was so good. It was a very, very basic system of light and heavy attacks, parries and dodges. But it, it was just put together so fucking well. It didn't matter what you fought. It was just flowing, natural. And if you've read any of the source material, the way the the witches are described as fighting with swords is like ballet. And when you play that game, you can't you can't help but say like they've they've pulled that from the source material, and it's translated into the game so fucking well, so well. And how you how how beyond that is kind of you know yeah kind of simple light and heavy attacks and parries and things like that but then bringing in the tactical element yeah. particularly with the with the monster contracts you know yeah. and how you approach preparing for things yeah which adds that next layer dimension i think is yeah 100 percent. it's not just right turn up here this is a monster layer kill all the little ones then draw the boss out then kill the boss this was like right yeah. can i get an advantage by investigating the area is there another way in is there a way where I can skip the little enemies and get in behind the boss? Can I use, uh, if I do some investigation in the area, I'll learn more about what this monster is. Uh, and then do I have the potions, the oils, the fucking elixirs, which yeah. would make me either immune to some of its attacks or make me do a hell of a lot more damage to this thing? Uh, yeah, 100%. 100% agree with you there. And that's one thing. If you approach the game not not, not playing it tactically... You'll only get so far. Yeah, you're gonna get and then fucked. You're gonna and get then you'll fucked. You'll come up a brick wall, and that's it. You'll just like hit the game. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, a worthy number three. Definitely. Definitely a worthy number three. So, number two, Johnny. Let's see if our two and one are the same as well as number three. So, what comes in at number two for you in Game of the Gen? Well, number two for me is. We've already discussed it. It's my game of the year. It's Tulu 2. Hello, <laughs> the Last of Us Part 2 is also my number two on Game of the Gen. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. This this is uh, this is 60 combined years of gaming. Uh, it, it very, very similar tastes is what this is. Well, no, I, I think, no, we do have similar tastes of great games. We yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. We both have our niches. Or niches, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Not niches. We both have our, our our things. There's Johnny-ass games that I absolutely adore. Oh, there's some fucking you Johnny-ass games that I won't touch with a fucking barge pole. <laughs> but you'll dive in two feet into some massive multi, multiplayer online games oh, that I'm just like, you haven't learned to swim yet, and you're in the middle of the EVE online warfare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buying real estate, that's going to get blown the fuck up. <laughs> Uh, but 
But when it comes down to you know the appreciative of game design, gameplay, and things like that, I think we both know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, we've discussed it. It is, it's a glorious game in terms of storytelling. It's yeah. brutal. Why it's is it difficult. not number one? It's fucking difficult. It's a mm-hmm. difficult game. I'm not talking about uh, mechanically. I'm not talking about skill level. Uh, I I don't. I can't remember a point in that game where I was ever truly tested the point where I thought fuck I am not good enough to do this or if I did it I scraped by by the skin of my teeth mm-hmm. uh, it was it, it was difficult in a way that the story to live through that story made it difficult Yeah. Uh, and again and- I, we spoke fucking ad nauseum about this game when it came out on the podcast and I said there that I wasn't particularly happy with how it handled control wise as in combat and stuff yeah. like that uh, and I still stand by that. It didn't. It didn't come into. Uh, it, it didn't make so much of an impact that it. It was a difference maker in the game of the year discussion, and it's still not a difference maker in the game of the gen discussion. I would have liked it to have been better, but at the same time, I see people like uh, Much and Sunny Legend on Twitter and shit they've done in that game. And I just think maybe it was my skill level. <laughs> like I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I needed to hold, I needed to t- like tinker with my sensitivity or whatnot. I, I don't know. But anyway, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it, like you said. You're right. I saw some the way things were being played, and maybe this will become a bit more accessible with, when the multiplayer comes. Mm-hmm. Might be a bit more like that. Um, Potentially. Uh, uh, to me, it, it was just like the storytelling, the presentation, how it played. You know what I mean? The the the, the journey it took me on. Yeah, like very much its its predecessor, you know. It was just, um, it just you know when I at the end when the credits rolled on that, I took a deep breath. Yeah, took it out of my uh, machine, put it back in the box, gently put it in the cupboard, and said, "There you will stay until I give you to someone else to play." <laughs> Never again. Never again. You fuck. Never. You again. will go right next to your your predecessor, which I never played again. You know what I mean? I just, I, and that's just me. I feel like I know. That was one of those things boxed off. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't, you didn't exper- need to play that again. The, the experience it took me on, um, and, I, and that that that's the thing that drops me down. You know what I mean? It to me, games like that don't have a lot of replay value unless you want to get in there and get better at doing takedowns and things, and yeah. like you know, getting the most out of the combat. Which mm-hmm. to me, that game, it's not what that's about. No, I never played that game as a combatant. I played that game as a civilian who was th- fucking dropped into this world full of fucking infected zombie-type fuckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was very much be stealthy where I can and either get a stealthy kill or avoid altogether. Uh, and then the situations where I did get into combat, I think some some of the time I pulled off some fucking moves and I just thought that was cool as fuck. But some of the time I just thought, Jesus Christ, like the controls held me back there. Maybe it was the response time, maybe it was the sensitivity. I, I don't know. I don't know. But still, a fucking superb game. So that comes in at number two. Johnny, I'm going to say one, two, three, and then we're both going to say what number one is because I'm almost certain we've got the same number one here. Are you ready? I'm not trying to drop a shit joke and say Fallout 4 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? I am ready. One, 
two, three, God of War. God of War. <laughs> you were a little slow off the mark, but God of War. I fucking God of War. What a fucking. Put that down at latency, you know. We'll put that down to a, a, a fucking late, uh, latency issues. Discord absolutely shit in the bed this evening. What a fucking game God of War was, man. Hands down, just what a game in terms of narrative, presentation, gameplay, replay value, enjoyment, yeah. fun, F U N, fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. You. Uh, just try and find me a single bad point about that game. It's impossible. It is impossible. Everything about that game. The combat. That fucking Leviathan axe. The story. How they've managed to take a rather two-dimensional character and flesh that fucker out. Uh, the When I say story, I mean how they've managed to... Kratos has lived through so many like he's, he's lived through greek mythology now he's living through norse mythology and they just managed to get him in seamlessly into these mythologies and it works yes because because at the end of the day it's a father and son story yeah you know what i mean which you would never experienced kratos doing but then it's, it's a weird flip on its head considering the fact the actual god of war one two and three is a father and son story yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and it's it's so cleverly done, like the, the the sheer like the development team and the writers to know, you know, the the character like and just you know to be able to take them on that journey that none of us is, you know, who think we know the character mm-hmm. from the first few games expected that to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I don't think there was ever no one kind of bulked. You know what I mean? It was ah. almost like I'm in on this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Particularly with the first kind of boss fight you have in that game, mm-hmm. and you like, which sets the tone for the entire the rest of it. You know, oh shit, it's going to be one of those, is it? Okay. Oh, it's one of them, is it? I'm strapped in. I'm strapped in. Good, aren't I? I'm strapped in. What a fucking! I think I'm about to do a second playthrough of that game if I can. You know, if I can find the time, the, right? You know, this is where I, I want to get a PlayStation Five, Five because to be honest, God of War was the first game that started. Burning my PlayStation Four up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I can actually just re-download God of War as part of the PlayStation Five's got the PlayStation Collection, I think it's called, and it's mm-hmm. the I think it's twenty or so absolute bangers from the PS4 era, and you can just download them. It's almost like a PS Plus type deal, uh, and they're just there to experience. And God of War's in there, so I'm I'm tempted to to re-download and go again. On God of War, I fucking loved that game. I think the only thing that I missed for platinum that game, and I could, if I wanted to boot the PS4 up and go back, I could and get the platinum. Was the Valkyrie fights? I think I had a couple of Valkyrie fights left to do. But other than that, just what a what a fucking superb game, man! What a superb I just, game. You know, yeah, hands down, everything in terms of I mean, the little things that I really liked. Obviously. There was the puzzle solving, like with the Leviathan axe and things like that. You yeah. know what I mean? It didn't make that. They they were all they're completely thought out mm-hmm. to the point where, like, scratching it, like, you can tell that, you know, the, the hack and slash is just like, I don't play this type of game. Mm-hmm. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> well, I'm just like, ah, Johnny ass moment. I can really enjoy this. Ah, it appears you've put some Johnny ass game in this game. I see. I see. I applaud you, sir. Um, 
and just the idea behind the level design, you know what I mean, where you change the realms, but the map stays the same, but like the yeah, yeah, the backdrop changes. I just thought that was so just like just well done. You know what I mean? Because yeah. obviously it's it's a tactic for level design that helps them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then it just keeps everything focused and things, and you don't end up kind of having this. Here's the thing: what we talked about, um, Final Fantasy VII remake, being you know, right in front of you clear as crystal but if you yeah. drift off the periphery you start to look and go ooh ooh and actually if you look at like what's what's available in terms of level design it's very very thin yeah you know the edges you know what I mean you, you're not fighting at the edges you know what I mean there's nothing there that really grasps so there's, there's no you, you don't miss it that much no but in terms of in this you know the whole thing of like you know and the, and the things you can pick up on it's just great and like yeah. to then like Considering there's three three games of Greek mythology in, and you throw it into another area, and you think it's just gonna like how they managed to seamlessly do that. That's that's class. That is just a class act. Mm. It really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, congrats, congrats to uh, Corey Barlog and the team. Sony Santa Monica, God of War is. An absolute, and I don't. I use this term, and I don't use it lightly. This this game is an absolute masterpiece. Big uh, boy. And the difference between position one and position two is vast in this game of the gen. So even though the Last of Us Part Two came in at number two, the the void between God of War and the Last of Us Part Two is so fucking big. That that's what I mean. Like. God of War is the only title that never moved out of its slot in my top five list. It's fucking superb. Absolutely superb. GG's. Game of the gen. Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls. Children of all ages. Game of the gen. Franchise buys games. Game of a generation award goes to God of War. PlayStation 4 exclusive. Uh, God of War. And... Hopefully, this tease we've had that Ragnarok is coming in 2021. Hopefully, that's true. Hopefully, the the development cycle has been k- kind. We've only had three years. Was that enough with our 2018, 19, 20, 21? Yeah, three years. What I will say is, I, I will say it to the developers, don't compromise. And no. I'll say it to the, the gamers, be patient. Yeah, don't fuck this up. Don't don't cyberpunk this. If God of War Two really? isn't ready, I don't want to see it. Because go the, I, go the Halo it, Infinite it, route. Just delay it a full fucking year. Yeah. I don't care. It needs to it, be the same level of polish, care, love, and attention that God of War yeah. had. Because it, it, if you give it time, you know, at an absolute worst, it's going to be as good as God of War. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, the potential, and we don't overhype it, the potential is it will hone itself. I don't think it'll be leaps and bounds changes, but it'll just be more of the same, but better. You know what I mean? Like a, yeah. like a true sequel is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't need to reinvent itself. It's already done, it doesn't, done its reinvention. So, What I want to see is them fucking stunning... 4K visuals, 60, a smooth 60 frames a second, a story that uh, builds upon what we've already had in God of War. 
Uh, I want to see I... this dynamic between uh, Kratos and Atreus. Or I'm not going to use his other name, just in case there's somebody no. out there who hasn't fucking played it. But like the dynamic between them two as Atreus grows older and now the the major, major plot device that happens at the end of that game... Um, moving forward, what that means for the relationship with what that means for the character of Atreus as he gets older. That's well, I, just... I think you know, I think Atreus will be more of a usable character in this one because mm-hmm. he, he, the, the, he's the problem with games like this, right? You've got to, and this is where like the, the Arkham series and things like that, like you know, you you spend the game building up all your things and getting all your perks. And then you've got to get a plot device to get rid of them so you don't have them to get the beginning of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you've got to be clever on how you do that, you know, because yeah. it can't be just like, otherwise you end up with this hero cycle, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you know, get together and they're again, they're away. You know what I mean? So it, there's got to be some sort of thing in there to kind of, you know, explain that, that makes sense from a gameplay point of view as well. Because yeah. you've, and, and, and you know, hopefully, you know, it'll just be an expansion on, on that. You know what I mean? Like, here's, here's what I'm saying is, the, the brave thing you'd do is that he loses his axe, because then that completely changes how you develop. But that's a brave thing to do after you fell in love with the fucking axe. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's the right move. After, after the success of the Leviathan axe, I don't want to call it success, I don't know a better word for it, but there has not been uh, a weapon in any game to my knowledge that had the actual g- grit uh, the, the actual impact of that Leviathan axe and the, there was just something I don't know how they did it because essentially what it was is the the the, the callback of the Leviathan axe was Thor and Mjolnir that's what it was 100% based on Yet well yeah but that, we that, get that's where it's going to go we get that's an right. Avengers game this year, where actual Thor with actual Mjolnir can't replicate how good the Leviathan axe felt on that callback. Yeah, I know. Master masterpiece, absolute masterpiece. But this is where I'm going. Is you know what I mean? I think you know, it's effectively Mjolnir, yeah, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. So who's to say the first boss you fight on Ragnarok is not going to be Thor? Yeah. And then you get Mjolnir. And then you actually you know get I mean? Mjolnir. That and then be... mechanic, mecha- mechanically, pretty similar, yeah. but then completely different level of different perks and different things you get with it, and that's how you change the game. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's a that, hell of a shout, that, that actually. That's my shout. There we go. That's a hell of a shout. So, boys and girls, oh, you, wheel, you, ha- you wield both. <laughs> Jill wields. Just fucking slinging them both and recalling them both with different... Oh, you've, fucking hell, you've done it now. <laughs> you've done it now. Oh, that would be fucking class if you could throw them both and then recall them one at a time or both at the same time. That would be fucking superb. Absolutely superb. Yes. Um, So that's it, boys and girls. We've gone through Game of the Year. We've gone through Game of the Gen. What we're going to do now, Johnny, do you want to go through some of these runners-up in the the shortlist that we made? I think it's worth mentioning them and why why they're on the list. It just is. give them like like a few a bullet point or two on each one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just because it it was a generation of absolute killers, and to boil the piss off them all and come out with the top five doesn't do them justice. Because like you said before this podcast that I've already alluded to, on any given day that list could have changed because up until 
t- up until minutes before the start of this podcast, there was a there was an entirely different game sitting in my number five slot. So <laughs> I want to go over this shortlist and pick out a few of them. Uh, we won't go and do a lot of discussion on all of them, but it's worth pointing out on on these titles, at, at least these titles anyway. So Witcher three, we spoke at length, Resident Evil 2 Remake, The Last of Us 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, God of War. Now, this is the first game that was on the shortlist that didn't make it into the top fives. And it was Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain. Yep. Metal Gear Johnny, you can take this one. I think, no, in terms of, because it was, you know, from, from its sandbox feel compared to the previous Metal Gear games. Yeah. It was kind of, you drop in, you do things episodically, you do things missions, like, you prepare... And, and going tactically, it's replay value, huge. Yeah. There, the things you could do, and, and how the game, and how the game AI changed, depending on. You know, so if you went in there going, doing headshots all the time, and the next thing, time you drop in, all the enemies are wearing like <laughs> uh, helmets and things oh, like that. Yeah. Oh, oh fuck! You know what I mean? That that was you no. Know, it forced you to change up. Yeah, yeah. In that sense, I mean, narratively, it lost it. Like it's a Kojima game anyway, but we all know what happened in terms well, of its, its development. So, it's the thing. It was. A, that... It wasn't even just a Kojima game. It was an unfinished Kojima game. So, exactly. can you find anything more fucky than an unfinished Kojima <laughs> game? You know what I mean? There were, there were so many plot plot threads that you know you just, particularly because it's a prequel, you want these things to tie up mm-hmm. just so it it makes sense. But when they're left alone, they're just like. Yeah, and that's why it dropped off. We kind of, it just fizzled out in terms of you know I'm I'm lost now and I'm I've lost my interest. I wanted to know, but now it's yeah. just not making any sense. I will say the first five slash ten minutes of that game were some of the best horror games I've ever played. <laughs> yeah, so weird, so fucking weird how that game played out at the in the opening five slash ten minutes. It was a horror game, and it was one of the better horror games I've played ever. Um, and and carry on, it, mate, like, carry on. Just in terms of, I, mean, I talk about being an open world sandbox and things like that. But once you've done a few of them, the, the you realise the locations are quite thin on the ground. Mm-hmm. The locations themselves are detailed, but everywhere in between is a little bit barren. Barren. Yeah. And yeah, no, that becomes quite uh, evident after a while. But in terms of what it delivered and how it it it's a bit like Shadow of Mordor. It changed. It changed the landscape a little bit. Yeah. I like the mul- the multiplayer contingent of like you built your mother base, but then people in your friends list could attack your mother base, and then if you uh-huh. logged on, you you would see the damage of somebody else's attack. So you had to like level up your mother base to fend off attacks from people in your fucking friends list, which I, I quite like that idea. It was a nice idea. Uh, moving on, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, I'll touch on this one. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is still my favourite Assassin's Creed game of all time, despite Origins and Valhalla as part of the soft reboot being exceptional uh, in their own right. Odyssey for me is still the one I've is still the Assassin's Creed game I've spent the most time with, uh, and I fucking loved that. I absolutely loved Odyssey. Everything about it, just fucking loved it. Um, but again, it it just wasn't enough to to make it had enough problems that kept it out of the top five list like the map was too big uh the game needed reining in a little uh because games like that 
if you haven't got a really fucking, no, I mean a really tight narrative, like oh, I was 70 odd hours or something into that game, well sorry, about, honestly probably about 50 odd hours into that game, and the the plot, the actual plot of the game had fucking dropped off altogether, I'd lost it, I'd lost the very thin narrative thread that I was supposed to be following in favour of world exploration and just fucking existing in this world, so... This is the this is the problem with hybrids like this. You know what I yeah. mean. You either, you know, it's a you could you could take the AC away and call it Odyssey, and it's a great Greek conquest game. Yeah, like we said. Yeah. You know what I mean. So yeah. it's just yeah. Same with Valhalla. You take AC away, it's a UK conquest game, Viking. Great Viking uh, game. Raven. So it's you know the problem with these hybrids is that you either you know with a thin storyline and like RPG elements, it becomes confused. Yeah. Just yeah. enough to unsettle you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, couldn't have, couldn't have said it better. Uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen, Final Fantasy Seven remake, Arkham Knight. I don't know if you want to touch on Arkham Knight, Johnny. Arkham Knight, brilliant game, right? Not as good as Arkham City because no. it's too big. Yeah. Again, it's one of these things of, of you know where it gets it gets to the point of you of of sequels and the next ones just. The next in the series need to be bigger. Um, great things I liked was the the kind of co-op fights you had with some of the... Well, it wasn't true co-op fights because it was with a computer, but with like, with Nightwing, with Robin, yeah. with uh, Catwoman. Brought the next element in, which I think is seeding... It's seeded what Gotham Knights is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which they, they were cool re, re, like things to go on. I think the main storyline with... with uh, with the Arkham Knight itself and things, and was because that was just in line, you know, with with the culmination of the Joker storyline. I think that was brilliantly yeah. done. Um, just the world and the, the the biggest gripe I've got with it is the side missions and everything to do. We're just like, well, to do this just flies in the face of what my motivation is for the main story. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it was it was enough just to rip me out of that. I'm Batman. You know what I mean? And then when I, as soon as I realised I'm not Batman, and unfortunately I'm not Batman. <laughs> well, then... that's what you tell people. <laughs> we all know I'm the Robin to your Batman, sir. So. <laughs> I didn't want to say that like but... <laughs> Hey, mate, I'd be happy to call you Nightwing. Like, you are a hero Thanks, in your own right. I don't want to call you a sidekick. You were a sidekick. You were a sidekick that evolved into his own hero, so you're absolutely more of a Nightwing than a Robin. Uh, Arkham yeah. Knight. Arkham Knight for me again. I, I echo everything you've said. I think the the bit Arkham Knight fell down on is that I was forced to do so much fucking Batmobile stuff in that game, and the yeah. Batmobile stuff wasn't that good. Yeah, I was forced to do it, so mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. that hurt a bit. Um, keeping in the superhero vein Spider-Man was absolutely in contention it was in the top 5 several times and it just got edged out Uh, superb again it's got to be up there and like Johnny said any any given day you could wake up and that list could be entirely different because there's so many top class games and Spider-Man was one of the two games for me that kept fucking popping into that into that top five, uh, I can't. I don't have anything bad to say about Spider Man. I enjoyed everything about Spider Man. I just, I wanted, 
I wanted more. If Spider-Man had managed to pull off more of what Arkham Asylum and Arkham City did by way of seeding Easter eggs in that world for wider Spider-Man universe characters, then it would have been a no-brainer. It would have been probably in at number two or three. Uh, but it was, as it stands, it was a fucking exceptional game. And the only thing that kept it out of that top five today was that I'm thinking like, yeah, I just, I just wanted, I wanted more investment in the Spider Verse. That's that's what it comes down to for me on Spider Man. Thoughts on Spider Man, Johnny? Well, here's the thing, right? There's certain list games on this list that I haven't played yet. And unfortunately, Spider-Man is one of them. I know that's oh really my bad. God, I can't believe I even started a podcast um, with you. I cannot believe I um, even... I wish I knew this before I invited you on to be the producer. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, on, it's on my list. And, and so is the next one on there. No, the to, be fair, to be fair, to be fair, when Spider-Man came out, uh, and I like fucking life was getting in the way for you when Spider-Man came out. So you, you weren't playing as many games as you would have liked because you were busy... Traveling the world and shit, probably. So, <laughs> like, I, I can understand what went on there. But, yeah. It, I mean, next time I see you, you can have my Spider-Man if you want it. You can oh, thanks, mate. You play know through me. that. Since though you haven't got your PS5 yet. <laughs> I'm still hunting. I'm still hunting. <laughs> you can have me PS4 Spider-Man. Uh, next mm-hmm. on the list, Control. Brilliant fucking game. Uh, worth pointing out that this week I have spent... Uh, X- on Xbox, there's a sale currently on Xbox. I spent £63, £64, I think, which is essentially the cost of one next-gen game now. And for that, I bought, I, I double-bought, so I re-bought Control, but I bought the Ultimate Edition, so I've got the DLC in there now, the Awe, Shock and Awe, and I can't remember what the other one was. Uh, but like essentially the Alan Wake expansion for Control, I've, so I've got that. And I am waiting patiently for the control patch for the Xbox Series X to drop. And then I will be fully replaying Control. Control was just a fucking excellent game. Control was probably close to my game of the year last year. I can't remember if I said it was my game of the year last year. Because we didn't do an official show. But yeah, Control. Fucking brilliant game. Uh, I also bought... Injustice 2 Ultimate Edition, so I got all the DLC, and I bought uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, because that's down to 35 quid in the sale already. Uh, so all of them were purchased for the tidy sum of 63, 64 pounds. One game bought me three games. Um, I know you haven't played Control yet, Johnny, so we'll move on. I believe you're still waiting for that patch also. Well, I, I played the first bit of Control. Yeah. Which I started, and, and so far, like, because I loved how it just dumped you in without mm-hmm. knowing what the fuck's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Started playing it, but then when I knew the um, the thing was coming, and um, you pointed me to the Ultimate Edition being on sale, um, I've I've decided to park that so I can uh, enjoy it in its full glory. Yeah, same, same, same. And I mean, I really am interested because, like, I feel like this is a game that I because re- I loved Alan Wake, absolutely loved Alan Wake. And I feel like this could contri- completely change my game of the generation thing, potentially. Discussion, we'll see. yeah. yeah. So we might have to do a retcon in the new year. Oh, I'm happy <laughs> to do that. I'm happy to do that. 
Uh, carrying on, Goats of Sashimi. Obviously, Ghost of Sashima made it into... Hell of a game. Yeah. Hell of a game. <laughs> it made it into the Game of the Year discussion. Uh, but it didn't make Game of the Gen. Spoke about that a lot. Um, Resident Evil 7. Resident Evil 7, for me, would have been... Well, Yes, it would have been. It would have been in Game of the Gen contention if it hadn't fucked itself in the back third of that game. <laughs> the first two thirds of Resident Evil 7 were arguably some of the best survival horror I have ever played. Uh, I played that in VR as well. So there's multiple playthroughs of that and just a fucking brilliant game. The RE engine on point. The, the the soft reboot that that seems to be happening industry wide on these classic titles, yeah. Uh, just everything about Resident Evil Seven was nigh on perfect up until the back third of that game went derailed it in a very ugly way. Um, Horizon, again, at the time game of the year contender. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to the sequel. I think possibly it was just too far removed from discussion. And again, 70-odd hours I put in at Horizon. Hey, listen, you played this game yet? Like, tomorrow, you could have a completely different outlook. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's... it's... Uh, 70-odd like... hours in that game? I mean, I went I went as far as to get that fucking... You know, the ultimate armour you could get in Horizon, where you, you had to do all this fucking bullshit and you found all these files and shit all over the world and then you could get the essentially what when you found it in a bunker it looked like a power ranger suit but then when you put it on it was just like a weird shimmer all over your standard skin uh, i would have liked it to be a power ranger suit breath of the wild johnny i know you can't touch on that because you don't have a switch but breath of the no, wild but, but, again but, but changed have, the fucking game i know i have played it like a little yeah. bit on my mate's switch and yeah. like from what i played i was just this outstanding like What's the word? Just awestruck. Awestruck. Yeah, I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, and like, just like, then I can just imagine what the rest of the like. Yeah. There's very few that times where I've thought about buying a console for one game. Mm-hmm. I bought a PS3 to play Metal Gear Solid Four. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. tempted to buy a Switch to play this game. I bought a That's Wii good. U to play Zombie U. <laughs> oh, what a weird, what a weird time that was to be alive. Uncharted. You don't regret it? What? Nah, <laughs> not one bit. Not at one bit. At all. <laughs> I regret nothing. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, we've done that one. Uncharted 4, Johnny? Uncharted 4, like, presentation-wise. The, Uncharted 4, right, is the perfect example of why you do not need to make an Uncharted film. Yeah. Right? Because it's presentation, it's set pieces, it's things that are just really brilliant. You know what I mean? I think... Uncharted 1 and 2 were my favourites. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncharted 1, probably. I think it was just just because it was just different. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, it was like the Indiana Jones kind of thing for yeah. PlayStation for PlayStation yeah. Generation. Yeah. Um, Uncharted 4, it was a nice rounding out to finish it off. I think it was just, a you know, potentially one story too far. Yeah. In the series. that That's the only thing. Like I felt like it was could have been nicely rounded out in three, but four just kind of 
just pushed it like introducing the long lost brother is like a bit of a stretch because then you've got to <laughs> con the entire series a bit. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you didn't mention this person one time. <laughs> <laughs> Three games I've spent with you, bloody fifty so odd hours, and not one mention of this man. So it, that that in itself is a, is 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 a hard narrative arc to swallow yeah from the get-go i mean yeah. they did it well i'm not gonna lie they did it well presented really well and it, it's the perfect example of why you do not need to make films of games because you can play uncharted 4 and it's the best film you've ever watched yeah yeah agreed agreed uh, literally everything you said i agree with i agree with that indiana jones for playstation generation that is that you've you, you literally peaked with that comment right there thank you fallout 4 um, Death Stranding. This was another one that was in the, between Death Stranding and Spider Man. These are the two that were jumping in and out of my top five, like bloody going up and down like a horse draws, Johnny, like a cruel <laughs> Snickers. The um, Death Stranding, divisive, yes. Uh, Kojima as fuck, yes. But I was so invested in that game. That, and mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't make any apologies for it either. I fucking loved Death Stranding. Everything about it's it. Too, it's too Kojima. This is this is Kojima when he's unrained. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is the this is the whole point of having like I don't know, you want narrative like like free flow a little bit, but and it it it, it rewrote rules and changed the landscape of what a game is. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know of what games can be. You know what I mean. I think a lot of games will learn from Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think, I, I, to me, it just it lost itself. Particularly like when you get to one like between one chapter and another, when the game almost changes. Aye. Yeah. And you're like, ah, I kind of enjoyed the bit before. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, there was something that just spoke to a part of me I didn't even know existed about and it was the it was the whole loneliness element of it and it was right I'm I know there's going to be a multiplayer element soon and people's uh, things from their world is going to start bleeding into mine and I'm fine with that I'll never meet another actual player but their their things will affect my world Uh, and like there was just this thing of right. I need to get here with this. So it's like right. What do I need? Right, I need a pair of boots. I'll take a spare pair of boots. Uh, I'll take some ropes. I'll take some ladders because I don't. I don't rightly know how the fuck I'm going to get there. This world's massive, and I've just got to get from point A to point B. And often, early game, there would be nothing, nothing in between you and point B, but terrain. And the terrain became part of the puzzle. And it was just, I'm going to drop this ladder over this river. Uh, I'm going to get over that. I'm going to use this rope. I'm going to use another ladder here. I'm going to use climbing spikes. And it was just, it was just almost, I want to say meditative in the early game. And it was just something about it that just, that I absolutely fucking loved. And then by the time I found myself, as you say, when it becomes a very different game, when I find myself and I've got fucking roads built everywhere and I've got this network of fucking uh, zip lines, which I essentially spent far too long putting together. But then once I had it, it was a case of, I can 
I can be the most efficient delivery man on the planet right now because I was just zipping between every single outpost, delivering from one while I was collecting for another, just doing routes. I was essentially a futuristic fucking DPD, except <laughs> except I never delayed a delivery. Do you know what I mean? My deliveries never... were always on time. Yeah. Didn't volley a thing over the back fence or shove it in the wheelie bin. You know, yeah. Never hid anything fucking very expensive in a wheelie bin in plain sight of the entire fucking street. I mean, th- this is where I think almost Death Stranding should bump to like an- in the honourable mentions as well because it changed the landscape of it. it. It makes this game makes you care about things you never thought you'd care about in a game. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. So yeah, Death Stranding and Spider-Man were the two that were bouncing up and down in my top five. Um, Gears 5, Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing has to be in this list because that game, during the time that came out, during lockdown uh, and everything that was going on at the time, early lockdown, early pandemic, Animal Crossing was essentially the fucking, the premier, the, the Champions League of escapism. During early, <laughs> during early lockdown, and it was essentially living a very, very mundane life, virtually, with this veil of happiness over everything. And it was just—I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it for what it was. I've, I've, I've spoke about this at the time as well. It became—it was a, essentially if you boil the piss off it, I was logging on every day to just do menial tasks and I, <laughs> I wanted to do them i wanted to log on and i wanted to clean the leaf mess up and i wanted to go and pick <laughs> me fucking apples and i wanted to go and catch the fucking this butterfly that only came out at a certain time of day i had to log on to make sure i caught that and it was just like all these different things like chop this wood i need all this wood i need to replant them i need to plant this garden i need to tend that garden it was just mental. It was just mental what I did in that game, and, <laughs> and I bounced off. What I, looking at everybody else's playtime in Animal Crossing, I bounced off rather quick, and I felt like that. Like I know people on my Switch friends list, uh, one of whom has over four hundred hours in that game. Jesus, it's like what the fucking hell? Like, what is what? What is this? What what's what's happening? Like here? like you said, crack cocaine. <laughs> but honestly, it is. It's fucking. It's like it was like a a Minecraft for an entirely new generation. Um, Detroit Become Human was on the list of uh, on the short list. Hitman. Hello. Hitman. I mean, I just bought Hitman too as part of the sale that's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it's a joy. You know what I mean? In yeah. terms of, I mean, it is what it is. It doesn't pretend to be anything else, but the. The level of detail in the level design, yeah, and what you can actually do, I've like testament to it, like you know, from a sandbox, nice. yes, you know, very nice. Yeah, and it's uh, I mean, if you go back and play a Hitman game now, coming from coming from where it was, I mean, Hitman's one of the most established franchises in gaming at this point, uh, and and it's often overlooked for that, I think, but. Hitman's mm-hmm. Agent 47 and Hitman have been going a very long time now and again Hitman had a soft reboot when it came back with like episodic Hitman and it, that was just a sensational game Hitman 2 sensational and it, if you played either of those to hear the news that 
IO Interactive are going to be developing a Bond game should fill you with absolute joy and excitement. Um, yes. Hitman. Everything about Hitman. More on a technical standpoint, what Hitman yeah, achieved. Exactly. As a technical game of what it can achieve. I mean, obviously, you, know, you play it and you go, yeah, you know, it's not trying to, you know, there's certain elements to these sandboxes, like, let's say, the race car track, I think, in Hitman 2. You know, when you see the race cars kind of going around, it, it's not a racing game. So, obviously, you play Forza, that's how it looks like. Yeah. So, it's not pretend to be something like that. But in terms of technical, how they built the world around, you know, how mm-hmm. they're just sheer replayability yeah. of trying to do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, we've got the two Raider... like, there's so much choice to do it. Yeah. Uh, moving on with the list, Tomb Raider reboot. I think Tomb Raider, uh, particularly, <laughs> fucking, there was Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. They were both released last gen, but I think the was it just called Tomb Raider when that had its reboot. Was a Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Is that three? I think two of them were what? potentially up for discussion. In game of the gen, uh, they are they were definitely on the shortlist because those games were also fucking superb. They were, they, if Tomb Raider, Lara Croft, OG, PS One, if that Tomb Raider uh, paved the way for Nathan Drake to exist in the Uncharted franchise, then the Uncharted franchise paved the way for the Tomb Raider reboot. The, Perfect. The, I couldn't have put that better myself. Oof. The set pieces in the Tomb Raider reboot, all three of them, were fucking exceptional. The open worlds were phenomenal. It looked amazing. It handled amazing. The stories were great, uh, and it did. It it managed to make Lara Croft feel very human. Yeah, which is something she never did. She felt like a fucking video game character. Uh, exactly. We're never grounded. Never grounded. No, nah, it was so fucking grounded. Um, to an extent, but like it was very, very grounded compared to its, to its roots. Uh, and the last one that I put on here that arguably needs to be an honourable mention and not really a short list was Sea of Thieves because I think uh, again what Sea of Thieves did for community gaming was one of those stories. It was a No Man's Sky type story of launched and. It didn't launch the way it should have. Uh, not like No Man's Sky, per se, because No Man's Sky launched. <sighs> the difference between that trailer and that, like the Jurassic Park meme, where <laughs> that video where like it's the E3 reveal <laughs> and there's like a giant fucking Brachiosaurus type thing, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you go to the broken harmonic and it's some weird yeah. little square-faced mini T-Rex were like wearing stiletto heels or something and that, that game's come a long way it's come a long way but it still hasn't matched that trailer nah, nah you know it I mean? still doesn't I mean, have it, it, mega it's, fauna it's so close like so much more closer but it had yeah. never matched that trailer nah. so you're never you're never gonna win nah I mean and I, I've dove back into No Man's Sky a few times and yeah. I still enjoy it for a while yeah, yeah. Sea of Thieves I, I haven't had fun like it yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. It was Sea of Thieves did something that that in my mind I can't remember anything else doing. Like you needed I mean you could play it solo, 
But if you're going to play it with friends, there was there was literally a role for everybody to get this fucking shit moving. Exactly. And I like we did it like when we jumped on as a, like we've done a twosomes a few times. Yeah, which yeah. has been fun. Fun. But when we did that foursome and like literally <laughs> everyone just just like, found the character they're gonna be, you know what yeah. I mean? And I'm you know the prospect decided to drink a lot. Always does. <laughs> every, time lot. Play, every time we play Sea of Thieves, the prospect thinks well, to be fair, we played with both prospects, so we're better. Uh, yes. we'll, okay, so we'll name and shame him. It was powerful young James Campbell. Uh, he he. Every time we play Sea of Thieves, his only goal is to get absolutely fucking wanted and that yeah. spend the entire playthrough under the influence. Being yeah. sick on people when you're trying to read maps and that, and there's just vomit across the map table, and you're like, what the fucking hell? Whereas you had trusty uh, viral Cyrix um, when you were in the water, just like, I'll get you out of there, harpooning you out. You yeah, know what I mean? Mostly the, treasure, mostly the treasure first. But... Oh, aye. Always, always treasure first. And that, again. Always thinking, always thinking. That's, that's, it's one of them things where we talk about memories. And it's yeah. often the little things that stay with you. And there's a memory of that playthrough that'll stay with me for Sea of Thieves. And I was on an island and I was swimming back to the boat. All three of you were already on the boat and I just heard all my fucking commotion because we'd put a, a chaos chest or something on the boat and nobody knew what it was. And essentially <laughs> this chest, you have to keep chucking water at it to stop it from bursting into flames. Nobody knew this. So this fucking chest went up and the whole fucking boat went up in flames and I'm looking from the water on, hearing all three of you essentially screaming and then just seeing Cyrix run the length of the boat holding this flaming chest and throw himself off the boat with the chest. That'll stay with me. That'll stay with me yeah. for a long fucking time. Possibly forever. But uh, yeah, so it absolutely needed a mention for what Sea of Thieves managed to achieve. Is there, is there anything else that you wanted to put in that shortlist that we missed here, Johnny? No, I think we've covered... I think that shortlist we put together okay. pretty much covered every one of the, the heavy hitters of a generation. And obviously I mean, the generation please, was fucking seven year long, so yeah, we probably missed something. Please so, let us know yours, like what's your honourable mentions, we'd really like to know. Absolutely, absolutely. We are available on socials, uh, Twitter, at the franchise, P-H-R-A-N-C-H-I-Z-E, or nice underscore guy underscore Johnny on Twitter. Give us your top five, game of the gen. Uh, game of the year discussion is less interesting to me. We didn't have that many bangers. I think it's a it's a toss up at this point between fucking The Last of Us or Ghost of Tsushima. They're they're the two the fifty 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 on who's gonna pick them. Um Game of the Gen, however, is something that I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts on and I think I speak for Johnny here as well. Give us your top five. Give us your top five. Mm-hmm. Give us give us your shortlist. Give us any that you think we've missed from our shortlist that absolutely needed a shout. And we'll, like like Johnny had said very eloquently earlier on, this is supposed to be uh, a catalyst for discussion, not, well, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. This is this is the games of the generation. This is the shortlist. Anything else is bollocks. This is a catalyst for discussion. There are games on here that you probably think don't deserve to be on that shortlist. Like fuck, there's probably games you've got that you think need to be on the shortlist that we didn't include, and we absolutely yep. want to hear that discussion. We want to hear your two cents because it's only when it moves the thing forward. It moves the thing forward. So yeah, 
get in touch on Twitter. There is a Facebook page, search for the franchise. We are both available on Instagram, search for the franchise or Nice Guy Johnny or Nice Guy Audio on Instagram. Yeah, uh, Nice Guy Audio on Instagram. Nice yeah. Guy Audio on Instagram. So just give us a search. You'll find one or both. Uh, and we'd absolutely fucking cherish the debate. We'd cherish the interaction. Um, Johnny, happy happy with your game of the year? Happy with your game of the gen? I, I definitely am. I definitely am with yeah. my definitely number one. I think it's just an outstanding game, and I, I'm gonna go and replay it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might do the same. I might do the same. Boys and girls, uh, next time you hear from us, it'll be the year of our Lord 2021. So we hope you've enjoyed this show. We hope you've enjoyed the the game of the year, game of the generation. Uh, we will be back in the new year. 2021 swinging dicks and clicking sticks put that on a t-shirt put that on a t-shirt um uh, with more of that classic franchise buys games that you know and love the 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 second best gaming news podcast on the planet uncontested so uh again i I don't speak for johnny here but for me i hope everybody has a, a lovely new year i know we can't really do well, well, maybe we can. Maybe you spent your New Year's Eve sitting with a very small number of people who are your nearest and dearest and seeing in the New Year with them. And if that's the case, I hope you can still do that. To to the party people, well, there's always next year. There's always next year. But uh, I hope you have a great one. Um, and I'll catch you on the other side. Johnny, I, I don't know if you want to say a few words. God love you all. God love God you war. all. God of war, love you all. God of war, love you all. Um, I think that's a rather ominous way to end the podcast as if Johnny knows what's coming in 2021. On the stroke of midnight, the aliens are coming and Johnny's one of them and he knows it and that was your warning. That was your three-minute warning. Boys and girls. The best of you. <laughs> <laughs> and franchise is not on the list. Enjoy them while you can. <laughs> Until next year, Liz. Say bye, Johnny. Bye, Johnny. Gay Panthers. <laughs>